we love this couple so much. And the Lord blessed them uh, uh, a couple of years ago, last, last year, as a matter of fact, a year and a half ago, uh, with a beautiful marriage. And we're so thankful for them. And uh, Brother Kunstman and I, when I say we go way back, his grandfather pastored the church in Kokomo, Indiana, Zion Tabernacle for 27 years. Amen. Pastor Edwin Kunstman. And then uh, my father pastored Zion Tabernacle for 20 years. And uh, we have a great bond of friendship. Uh, and I'm thankful. I'm thankful for friends. Amen. We've got friends right here in this house this morning. And we should be thankful to the Lord for that. I'm going to read from the word of the Lord this morning. If, if you want to stand for the reading of God's word, you're certainly more than welcome to do that. Uh, from the book of Genesis, the 31st chapter. Genesis chapter 31, and we're going to begin reading at the 36th verse, Genesis chapter 31, and I, I feel something in my spirit this morning that I would like to share. Genesis 31 verse 36, the scripture says this, Jacob was wroth, and Jacob chode with Laban, and Jacob answered and said to Laban, what is my trespass? What is my sin that thou hast so hotly pursued after me? You have to understand that Jacob had been serving Laban for 20 years and, and had been cheated on a number of occasions. And after 20 years, he, he just couldn't take it any longer. And he had been waiting. He didn't, he didn't just act hastily. But in prayer, the Lord spoke to him and said, it's time for you to go. And he left, and when he left, Laban came after him. There's some folks trying to leave some old things. And make no mistake about it, when you try to leave, your enemy's going to come after you. And, and, and Jacob said, whereas thou hast searched all my stuff, what hast thou found of all thy household stuff? Set it here before my brethren and thy brethren, that they may judge betwixt us both. This twenty years have I been with thee. Thy ewes and thy she-goats have not cast their young, and the rams of thy flock have I not eaten. That which was torn of beasts I brought not unto thee. I bear the loss of it. Of my hand didst thou require it, whether stolen by day or stolen by night. Thus I was in the day the drought consumed me, and the frost by night, and my sleep departed from mine eyes. Thus have I been twenty years in thy house. I served thee fourteen years for thy two daughters and six years for thy cattle, and thou hast changed my wages ten times. Except the God of my father, except the God of Abraham, the fear of Isaac had been with me. Surely thou hast sent me away now empty. God hath seen mine affliction. God hath seen the labor of my hands, and God rebuked thee yesternight. And Laban answered and said unto Jacob, These daughters are my daughters. These children, they're my children, and these cattle are my cattle, and all that thou seest is mine. And what can I do this day unto these my daughters to their children which they have borne? Now therefore come thou, let us make a covenant, I and thou, and let it be for a witness between me and thee. And Jacob took a stone and set it up for a pillar. Jacob said unto his brethren, gather stones. They took stones, they made an heap, and they did eat there upon the heap. And Laban called it, Yegar say Hadutha. Everybody say, Yegar say Hadutha. There you go. 
Say it five times as fast as you can. No, I'm kidding. Don't do that. But Jacob called it Galead. And Laban said, this heap is a witness between me and thee this day. Therefore was the name of it called Galead and Mizpah. For he said, the Lord watch between me and thee when we are absent one from another. Hallelujah. I I feel like preaching under the influence of the Holy Ghost. I really feel directed of the Lord to preach to you this morning on the subject, your experience needs a name. Your experience needs a name. Can we lift up our voices one more time in the house of the Lord and ask God's blessing upon the remainder of this service. Heavenly Father, we need you. We trust in you. We ask for your anointing upon the word of the Lord this morning. I pray in Jesus' name that you will make my tongue the pen of a ready writer, that I may speak your word, Lord. I pray in Jesus' name that as we hear your word, that we will receive it into our spirit, our soul, our mind, our body. I pray that we will apply it to our lives. We thank you for it today, and we give you all praise and glory. We give you all praise and glory. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. We see in this passage of Scripture that when push came to shove in this debate between Jacob and Laban, that they settled the dispute by saying it is time now to make a covenant. It's time to build a memorial to establish as a testimony between us as to what in the world just went down. This was a major, major transition both for Laban and for Jacob. Life had, had developed in such a unique way for both of them. Probably something neither one of them saw coming. And so it was necessary then that they establish a testimony, a memorial. They actually gathered stones and created a heap of stones and, and, and drew a line between one another. And said, you will not cross this line, and I will not cross this line. I'm over here, and you're over there. If you had grew up with brothers and sisters, it's like the back seat of the car. This here is the line. I don't want to see so much as your elbow thinking about moving across this line. And that's what Jacob and Laban did. They created a a line between the two of them, and they they built a memorial. This was to define the experience they just had. Life is filled with experiences. I'm thankful, and I, I noticed this week as some of our young people, and not just them, but but young people and, and pastors across the uh, nation, and youth pastors and 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 youth leaders spoke of the North American Youth Congress, they spoke of it in terms of many times saying it was a life-changing experience. That's a beautiful thing to say. Especially if 
what you are speaking about is something positive. To say that it changed my life forever in a positive way. It was a life-changing experience. Sometimes the experiences we have in life are not always a positive experience. Sometimes the experiences we have in life are, are absolutely dreadful, tragic, unexpected, out of the blue, and nonetheless, they are an experience. I want you to know that when you put your faith in Jesus Christ and when you place your hope in the Lord, I want you to know that that you can turn that experience into a testimony. You can turn whatever it is that you've been through into something that brings glory to God and that will make your life, hallelujah, an example of His blessing. You may not believe that now because of what you're going through, but I'm going to give you a word from the Lord this morning that's going to strengthen you and edify you, and it's going to silence the accuser of the brethren that is speaking into your ears. In the name of Jesus Christ. Somebody needs a word from the Lord today to remind you that that you didn't go through that in vain, to remind you that you didn't come through that just to turn back now, but that God is with you, that the Lord stands with you, that the Lord goes before you, That when it's all said and done, you'll be able to say with affirmation, all things work together for the good to them who love God and to them who are the called according to his purpose. You'll be able to say as a matter of fact that God was with me the whole time. I look back over my life and I think things over and I can truly say I've been blessed. Come on, somebody. You put the good with the bad. And I've still been blessed. Hallelujah. You take the worst case scenarios I've been through. But when you mix a little Holy Ghost in there, I can truly say I've been blessed by God and I have a testimony. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Brother Koonsman, you'll remember Brother William Cannell Speaking on Romans 8, 28, we were just young preachers and he, he taught uh, the word of the Lord. He taught about Romans 8, 28, all things work together for the good. All things work together for the good. He said, you know, we, we, we tend to take a couple of things and think there's no way there's any good that can come from that. But when all things come together... He likened it to when his grandmother would bake a a cake and he would sneak into the kitchen when she wasn't looking and he'd reach his finger up on the counter and put his finger in the brown sugar and taste it. And it just, by itself, it had a little different taste. And then he put his finger in the egg yolk. Then he put his finger in the flour. Then he, he, he tasted each of the ingredients, the butter by itself, and by themselves the ingredients were, were, were not able to stand to his expectation because he knew the magic that happened when Grandma put all those ingredients together and put them in the oven and tried them by fire just a little bit, put them in intense heat for just a little while, 
He didn't know how to explain it. I don't know how to explain it, but somehow this began to work with that, and that began to work with this. And when the sugar and the brown sugar and the cinnamon and the and the egg yolk and the butter and the salt all started working together for the good, something beautiful came from those ingredients. I don't know what you've been going through last year, but you take what you went through last year and the decade before that and the year before that and you mix it with what God's getting ready to do in your life. And I've come to tell you, it's going to be good. It's going to work together for the good. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Hallelujah. Don't you quit. Don't you turn around. It's not time to backslide. It's not time to give up on God. Hallelujah. Oh, bless his name. You'll have a testimony when this thing is all said and done. I said you'll have a testimony when this thing is all said and done. The experiences of our life help us by giving us a testimony that we can carry into the future and regardless of what we're facing in our present circumstances we can draw on what the Lord has done for us this is what the book of Romans says in Romans chapter 5 the scripture says not only so but we glory in tribulations also knowing that tribulation worketh patience And patience worketh experience, and experience worketh hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. It's a process. Tribulation works patience. Patience works experience, and experience works hope. So many people want to give up in the tribulation part of the process. So many people want to give up in the patience part of the process. You see, the patience part is different than the tribulation part. The tribulation part, you're just trying to survive. It's just like, like, like fire has fallen on you. And you don't know what bad thing is going to happen next. That's tribulation. But tribulation is working patience inside of you. But the Bible says about patience that if you let patience have her perfect work. I want you to know that the patience you're in right now has a perfect work that it is doing inside of you. And so many people discount patience and underrate patience and underestimate patience because few have allowed it to have her perfect work. In the middle of it, they quit and say, I don't want anything to do with this. I'd rather go do my own thing. But but you're, 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 my goodness, you're cutting the process off. Let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. By the time patience has worked her perfect work, you'll have an experience. And that experience will give you hope for the rest of your days. I got a call from a lady in our church years ago, and she said, uh, Pastor Joel, I want to tell you that I have uh, gotten some bad news. I've received some bad news. I need to tell you about it. I said, okay. She said, they told me that I had cancer. I said, oh, my goodness. I said, I'm so sorry. And I said, uh, I'm so sorry. I I didn't know what to say. It was such, such a dreadful thing to hear and I said I'm so sorry I want you to know that we're praying for you and we're believing God that it'll remove all fear she said oh I'm not afraid 
I said, oh, you're not afraid. She said, no, I'm not afraid. She said, you see, 23 years ago they told me I was full of cancer. And they gave me just a little while to live. And I said, I don't receive it. I don't believe it. I won't accept it. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus Christ. She said, I went through that tribulation. I went through that patience. I came out of it with an experience. And anytime I need hope, I just go back to that experience and say, God brought me out once. He'll bring me out again. God is able to do just what he said he would do. God will fulfill every promise to you. Hallelujah. The experiences of your life will give you hope for your future. Oh, hallelujah. That's what the Bible means when it says the Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom shall I fear? Of whom shall I be afraid? And then he said, when my enemies and my foes came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and they fell. Now that happened. That's an actual event that David is describing. He's saying, there was a day when my enemies and my foes were coming upon me. They were going to devour me to eat up my flesh and just before they could get to me something tripped them up they stumbled and they fell I remember it like it was yesterday I remember the fear I had I remember the concern I had I remember thinking that all hope was lost and all help was gone and then miraculously they stumbled they fell then he said though war should rise against me my heart will not fear, though an host should encamp against me. Now, that hadn't happened. He's not describing the war that rose against him or an host encamping against him. He's saying, should war ever rise against me or should an host ever encamp round about me, I'm not going to be afraid because I remember what the Lord has done in my life. This is why it's important for you to praise him for his mighty acts to praise him according to his excellent greatness. It's important for you to draw, hallelujah, from the, the storehouse of your memory concerning what the Lord has done in your life. Hallelujah. This is what he said to Goliath, or to Saul rather, concerning Goliath. Saul was hiding, trying not to be seen because he was obviously the champion for the children of Israel. But there stood a man estimated at nine feet six inches high and he's shouting if you'll bring me a champion you bring me your greatest most elite warrior and we'll settle it like this he and I one on one mano imano and whoever wins that's who wins the whole war the whole battle and, and, and so everybody's looking to Saul and Saul is like dodging and somebody said there's some kid out here who wants to talk to you David walks in Known for his musical ability. Now the Bible does call him a valiant man. So I don't know what David had done before this. But, but he was known also for his valor. He walks into Saul's, into Saul's throne room. And, and Saul said, David, you're, you're just a kid. I mean, I'm not trying to be rude. But, but Goliath has been a champion since he was a kid. And you are just a kid. And David said, I understand what the limitations look like. But you don't understand what the Lord has done for me. The Lord delivered me out of the paw of the lion. The Lord delivered me out of the paw of the bear and the same God who delivered me from the lion and delivered me from the bear is able I said he's able 
I said, he's able to deliver me from this uncircumcised Philistine. Hallelujah. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death. Without faith it's impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. And that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. By faith Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet was moved with fear and prepared an to the saving of his house through faith Sarah also received strength to conceive seed and bring forth a son and by faith Abraham went looking for a city that hath foundations whose builder and whose maker is God these all died in faith not having received the promises but having seen them afar off and being persuaded of them hallelujah confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God for God hath prepared for them a city by faith Moses choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season on and on Hebrews 11 goes till finally the writer says time would fail me to tell you about Samson and about Gideon and about Barak and about Jephthah who through faith subdued kingdoms, who through faith quenched the violence of fire, who through faith stopped the mouths of lions, who through faith turned to flight the armies of the aliens. These were people of whom the world was not worthy. Then he said, wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses he's describing a cloud of people who have come through the tribulation you're going through right now he's describing a great cloud of people who have come through the crises who have come through the turbulence who have come through the difficulty that you're facing in your life at this very moment he said we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses now let us lay aside every weight let us lay aside every sin that does so easily beset us and let us look unto Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of God what he was describing ladies and gentlemen was that the next time you go through a fiery furnace I want you to know there have been some three Hebrew boys that went through that fiery furnace and they made it out all right. Next time you go through the den of lions, you remember there was a man who was sunk into a den of lions. The next time you show up in a whale's belly, the next time you need a red sea to part, the next time you need a Jordan River, hallelujah, to part hither and thither so you can walk on dry ground. You remember there have been some folks that have been there, that have done that, and they can testify. God is able to bring you out. Hallelujah. I loved, I loved seeing, I loved seeing when we were worshiping. I loved seeing the folks up here dancing before the Lord because each one had a testimony. He brought me out. He saved my soul. He lifted me when I was sick and couldn't get well. I said when I was sick and I couldn't get well, God, hallelujah, God reached way down in love. And he lifted me and they stand as testimonies of their experience. 
to give us hope. You need, you need hope today. And your hope is going to come from your experience. But you, you got to understand your experience needs a name in order for you to have come out of that experience and to have received what you were to receive from it. You weren't supposed to come out of that experience with nothing in your hands. You were supposed to come out of it with rejoicing in your soul. You were supposed to come out of it changed, hallelujah, wiser, stronger, better, hallelujah. I know you wouldn't ever want to go through what you went through again. I know that. And I don't blame you because what you went through was probably mind-numbingly difficult. But can I get a witness that you wouldn't trade who you are for who you once were? And I get a witness for you to say, you know what? I didn't used to appreciate things that I appreciate now. I didn't used to love the way I love now. I didn't used to worship the way I worship now. I was so cold. I was so callous. But when I went through what I went through, God did a change in me. God worked something in my heart. I'm more compassionate than I used to be. I'm more patient with others. I'm much more patient with others. Anything used to be able to get under my skin, now I just put it under the blood. It won't get under your skin if you just put it under the blood. Hallelujah. Jacob, Jacob. Man, Jacob went through some stuff. He's going through some stuff. And you know what? He, he dealt with what a lot of people deal with who have sin in their past. He dealt with this feeling of maybe I just deserve it. Maybe I, maybe I just have it coming to me. Because he was so tricky. He just shady. Growing up, he just did stuff that, man, I don't know if I'm all about that. Because, I mean, he just tricked folks and tricked his brother. And uh, he found his brother at his most vulnerable point. Now, you can blame Esau, and I do. I mean, Esau shouldn't have given up his birthright, but... The man was starving, and Jacob said, I, I, sure, I'll give you a bowl of soup. And, and Esau's thinking, you know, $5.99. <laughs> Probably inflate the price a bit. And Jacob said, oh, just everything you got now and everything you'll ever have. That's, that's. And Esau gave it. So Jacob was tricky, and, and then he deceived his own father into giving him the blessing that Esau had coming to him, and, 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 and then ran off. He ran off. He tried to leave all of that behind him. But listen. Until you make it right with God, you'll never be able to outrun what you're trying to leave in your past. You gotta get you gotta find an old-fashioned altar. Can I can I just say that again? I'm gonna say that you need to find an old-fashioned altar. I don't mean a newfangled altar that 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 caters to your preferences. I'm talking about the old-fashioned altar where things die. Blood-stained altars. Where wills die and where rebellion dies and where stubbornness dies and where feelings of entitlement die. Old-fashioned altars. That's what you've got to have in order to overcome your past. And Jacob was trying to outrun his past. And in, in, in doing so, he finds, he finds a man by the name of Laban. And, and this man, Laban had two daughters, and one's name was Rachel, one's name was Leah. Leah was not so pretty. Rachel was stunning, and Jacob was drawn to Rachel. And, and so Jacob 
uh, said to Laban, he said, I'll, uh, can I marry your daughter? And Laban said, sure thing. And Jacob was thinking, you know, court her for a little while, you know, a few months. And kind of like what Esau thought. He, did, he un dramatically underestimated what it was going to cost. Laban said, sure, you just stay here, work for me for about oh, seven years. Jacob was like, man, seven years. But she's worth it. And so he worked seven years. After seven years of working, here comes the big day, the wedding day, and he marries her. And uh, Laban, Laban kept the lights down real low at the wedding. He wouldn't allow, he, you can light one candle. No, ain't going to be no lifting of the veil. She got to keep the veil. No. And Jacob thought, this is a little strange, but whatever. Laban's kind of strange. Well, the next morning, he found out why Laban kept everything so dimly lit. It wasn't Rachel. It was Leah, the one he didn't want to marry. So he goes to Laban and says, uh, Brother Laban, uh, got a little discrepancy here in the negotiations uh, if you'll look at the fine print of the contract, this was supposed to be Rachel, not Leah. And Laban said, um, well, you know, I thought when I told you seven years that surely Leah would be married by seven years, and that didn't happen. And I can't marry Rachel off before I marry Leah off, so I'm sorry, it's Leah. Jacob said, well, I wanted to marry Rachel. What do I have to do to marry Rachel? Laban said, oh, we can work something out. How about seven more years? Jacob was like, man, seven more years. But he did. He worked seven more years. And then he, he married Rachel. He worked six more years for the cattle. In that process of time, Laban was adjusting Jacob's wages downward. He was taking advantage of Jacob's good nature. Jacob brought a golden touch with him. Everything Laban had began to prosper as Jacob was favored of the Lord and the blessing of his father Abraham and Isaac were upon him. And now he's, he's, he's just prospering Laban's, Laban's field and Laban's livestock and Laban is taking complete advantage of him. And finally Jacob is like, God, how much longer do I have to take this from Laban? And the Lord said, you know what? You don't have to take it any longer. It is time for you to get up and get out and go back to your father's land that you came from. I know you're afraid of things in the past. I know you've got stuff you wish you had done differently. I know you've got things you'll never do again. And you don't know how you're going to be received. But it's time. The time has come. And I'm telling some prodigal who may have drifted from the Lord, I'm trying to tell you through the Holy Ghost this morning, in the name of Jesus, in the Holy Ghost, I'm trying to tell you that the time has come for you to get up out of your circumstances and go back to your father's house. It's time for you to get up out of whatever it is you have developed around you, whatever turmoil you find yourself in, whatever problems have developed in your life. It's time for you to realize, hey, God has a blessing for me. God has something in store for me. I don't want to live beneath the blessing of my God. <clears throat> so Jacob goes, he gets Rachel, he gets Leah, he gets their livestock, he takes his kids, and he starts going home. Beautiful. Revival. Come down to an old-fashioned altar. Repent. Wept. Sought God. Spoke in tongues. Gave his heart completely to God again. 
gets up, shakes hands with the saints, pats backs with the elders, walks out. I'm ready to live a new life. I'm going to go back to my father's house. I'm going back to serving God again. Oh, if it were that easy. He no sooner got his car started. And Laban jumps in the passenger side. What are you doing here? The Bible says Laban hotly pursued after Jacob. Jacob has got Rachel and Leah and all the grand, all of his, of all of his kids, all of the cattle that were his, and he's and he's moving along, and he's trying to get, he's trying to get back to his father's house, and here comes Laban who has hotly pursued him, and he finds him, catches up with him, and said, "Not so fast." That's what the enemy does to people. I'm not going to let go that easily. I'm going to keep on tempting you. I'm going to keep on trying you. I'm going to keep on accusing you. I'm going to keep trying to hold you to your past. And Jacob was vulnerable to this. I, I, I really think he was vulnerable to it. So you take this with a grain of salt. I believe that Jacob struggled with, with, with taking Laban's abuse because he down deep felt like he deserved the abuse. He knew what he was guilty of in his past. He knew how much he had deceived others. He knew how tricky, how shady he had been in the past. And so any bad thing that came his way, he felt like this, this is just more of the same. It's, it's, I'm going to have to deal with this the rest of my life. Some of you feel that way. You feel because you know who you're looking at when you're looking in the mirror. You're not fooling anybody when you're looking in the mirror. You might fool folks at First Apostolic Church, and you might fool folks at work, but you're not fooling yourself when you look in the mirror. You know where you've been. You know what you've done. You know what your thoughts are. You know what your past is all about. But what I'm trying to tell you is there's somebody who knows you even better than you know yourself. And he is willing to forgive you. In fact, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. And if you'll hear his voice today, he's telling you, come home. He's telling you, come out from among them and be ye separate. He's telling you, I have new life for you. I have new joy for you. I have abundant blessing for you. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to you. And so Jacob is like, when Laban starts talking, he's familiar with this, with this accusation. Jacob said, Laban, I don't want any more to do with you. I served seven years for Rachel, served seven years for Rachel again, and then I served six years for, your, for the cattle that I had. And, and he said, I, I, I just want free. I want free. I want my family. I want my children. I want us to, I want us to be free. And he said, these are, my, these are my wives and these are my children, and I just want a way. I want to get out of here now, Laban. And Laban said, you said that's your wife? That's not your wife. That's my daughter. You said, that's your children? Those are my children. Laban has got some issues. And Jacob was like, man, I knew you were crazy. That's why I'm out of here. But, but you've just gone real crazy. 
And Laban says, you're not going anywhere. And Jacob, the Bible says he was wroth and he chode with Laban. He said, why have you so hotly pursued me? What have you, what is my trespass against you? I was fair. I never cheated you. I was careful. I left that in my past. I don't cheat people. I was, I was careful. And what, what, what have I done to, to trespass against you? And, and Laban kept pushing the issue. I'm taking my daughters home. And Jacob said, no, you're not. Laban said, I'm taking my grandchildren home. Jacob said, no, you're not. This is something the Lord has given me. And you're not coming back into my life and taking things from me like you used to do. I'm going to tell you something. God's going to give you a holy boldness. You've lost so much joy, so much peace, so much rest, so much blessed assurance through the years. In the name of Jesus, may the Holy Ghost rise up in you and let you understand you don't have to take that from the enemy any longer. The Bible says, the Bible says that the, that the devil it stands before our God day and night accusing the brethren. That's what he's doing. Day and night accusing the brethren. He's leveling accusations against you. Accusation, accusation, accusation. Your trials, the trial of your faith is proving those accusations wrong. He's telling God. The book of Job gives us a picture of what Job went through. But not just what he went through. It gives us a picture of what was going on prior to what he went through. That's the only time we get a picture of a behind the scenes of what happens in the spirit before a person goes through a fiery trial. The enemy levels accusations against us and says, they're only serving you because of how much you bless them. They're only worshiping you because you have put hedges around everything they have. If you were to let me take something they have, you watch how fast their loyalty would dry up. Concerning Job, he said he'd curse you to your face. God said, you can have the stuff I gave him. His relationship with me isn't based on what I gave him. His relationship with me goes deeper than that. Hallelujah. I want to know this morning, does your relationship with God go deeper than the stuff God has given you? Does your, does your walk with God go deeper? Hallelujah. And, and so, so, so Jacob is, is about to go through this, this trial of his faith. And he's, he's looking at Laban and he's familiar with all these accusations. You're a cheater. You're a liar. You're a deceiver. He's heard those accusations all his life. And they're coming back at him from Laban. Except this time he had heard a word from the Lord that said it's time to get up and get back to your father's house. Hallelujah. When you receive a word from the Lord, it does it doesn't matter what the devil says to you. It doesn't matter what he accuses you of. It doesn't matter what from his path, from your past, he tries to hold over your head. It has no more authority over me. It has no more power over me. God said that I can be delivered and I believe the word of the Lord. I am free. I have victory. I am delivered by the power of the word of God. I am delivered by the power of the word of God. So I'm not going to put up with it anymore, Satan. Laban wouldn't stop. Laban pushed. Jacob resisted. Fight back. Let him know. I'm blessed of the Lord. I'm justified of God. 
I'm sanctified by the power of the Holy Ghost. His blood washes me clean. You don't even have to talk to, don't, don't, don't even talk to the devil. Just praise God for it. Lord, I thank you, hallelujah, for washing me clean. I thank you for giving me victory. I thank you. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. And so, so this is going on, and Laban realizes, I'm not going anywhere with this guy. So Laban said, all right, it's time to build a memorial. It's time, to build a, it's time to build a monument, a testimony. We're going to name what just happened here. And this is where the enemy tries to get us. Jacob and Laban gathered stones, and they heaped them up together, and they sat down on opposite sides of the memorial and said, all right, what's the name going to be? And Laban said, I've been thinking about it, and I know what I want to call it. I want to call it Yegar Say Hadutha. Say Yegar Say Hadutha five times as fast as you can. No, I tried that once. It didn't work. Yegar Say Hadutha means to gather again. Just gather all together. Laban was telling Jacob, this is what I think we should, we should name this episode. I think we should just forget about what just happened. And just let's all come back together. Be a one big happy family. You come back under my thumb. You come back and do my work for me. And I will continue to change your wages. And I'll continue to abuse you. And I'll continue to mistreat you. And we'll just gather and forget like any of this whole I'm going back to my father's house stuff ever happened. And Jacob used to be a pushover. But he just kind of rubbed his chin. He said, no, I, I have a better name for it. I think we should call it Galead. Galead means to roll away. To remove. He said, I got a better name. You, you want to you gather everything back together again. And I'm telling you, it's never going to be the way that it once was. We're removing. We're rolling away. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, that's what some of you are going to experience. You're gonna, how many feel the presence of the Lord right now? How many felt the presence of the Lord when we were dancing and shouting and giving God praise? Hallelujah. When, when the psalmists were saying, God is able to do just what he said he would do. He's going to fulfill every promise to you. Hallelujah. While they were singing that our faith was rising, our faith was building, and everything the devil had been telling us all week long was being proven false. Everything the enemy had whispered into our ears, we were getting victory over. We were getting faith built up inside of us, and, and, and the faith is still here, and the strength is strong, and the power is real, and, and yet, Pretty soon, service is going to conclude. We're going to sing one more time. We're going to worship again. We're going to praise again. Some are going to cry. Some are going to pray through. Some are going to get the Holy Ghost. We're going to have some baptized in Jesus' name. Some will be healed. But what happens is that when you leave this place and walk to your car, you no sooner put the key in the ignition and Laban shows up in the passenger side. Now, 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 folks, if it's your spouse in the passenger side, don't go telling folks I said they're acting like Laban. I already know some of you are going to be saying, good to see you, Laban. <laughs> Adversary. 
You no sooner get the car started and here comes your adversary sitting to the right of you and saying to you, all right, now, now, what is it that we're going to name this little episode we had? You no sooner get home and, 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 and walk into your house and walk into your kitchen and sitting at the kitchen table is the adversary of your soul sitting at the table saying, all right, we've been through this before. What is it we're going to name this little experience you had? I know I saw you shouting. I saw you weeping. I saw you giving God praise. But what I want to know is, what are we going to name this? I've got, I've, got a, I've got a list here of names I think we should call it. I think we should call it temporary. I think we should call it cute. I think we should call it going back to the way things were. I think we should call it just gather together again and act like nothing ever happened and have another manic Monday and another traumatic Tuesday and another woeful Wednesday and another thrashing Thursday. That's when you stand up, take the table, push it over on the adversary and say, I've got a better idea. I call it victory. I call it deliverance. I call it I'm never looking back. I call it God gave me strength. I call it I can do all things through Christ with strength in it. Hallelujah. Come on, young people. The devil wants to name your youth congress. He said he wants to name your youth congress. You tell the devil, I call it. This is the point of no return. This is the point where God changed my life. Where God changed my mind. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, stop referring to it as as the abusive situation. Stop referring to it as the most dreadful day of your life. Stop referring to it as the worst year of your life and start saying, that's when God began to do a work in me. That's when God began to turn my life around. That's when God began to change me. That's when I cried to the Lord from the deep miry clay and he heard my cry. Come on, let's lift up our praises unto the Lord. Let's lift up our praises unto the Lord. Let's lift up our praises unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Listen to me. Listen to me. Go ahead and stand. I'm coming to a close, but I want you to hear me. When Adam had breath, the breath of life breathed into his nostrils, he became a living soul. He began to name the animals. The Bible said that he named the animals. He had dominion over the earth. When Nebuchadnezzar brought the Hebrew captives into Babylon, he changed their names. A lot of people haven't heard of Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. But they have heard of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah were their Hebrew names. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego are their Babylonian names. See, when a person names something, they take authority over that thing. That's why, that's why we, we, I, when we name our children, that's what we're doing. We're naming our children and then we're, we're, they're coming up under our authority because we've named them. 
and, 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 they, and then we have the responsibility to raise them and train them, raise them in the ways of the Lord. That's what happened when I was baptized in the name of Jesus. He put his name on me. He changed my name. And I've given him authority over my life. And that's what happens when you name your experience. See, don't just let anybody come up and label to you what happened. Don't let just any old person come up to you and say, call you a failure. If you learned from it, it wasn't a failure. Do you hear me? I said, if you learn from it, and you made some positive changes, and you gave it over to God, He changes it from a failure. He turns it into a most beautiful success. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not going to let the enemy get in my ear and tell me who I am, what I am. Those days are over! This experience needs a name. I'll tell you what it is. Yeah, I went through it. Yeah, I struggled. Yeah, I got beat up and kicked around. But that's not the end of the story. Patience had a perfect work. Hallelujah. And now I can tell you that he set me free. That he picked me up. I call it deliverance. I call it redemption. I call it new joy. I call it new life. I call it victory. I said I call it all of the testimony. Hallelujah. This is what it is. The Lord convicted me. The Lord convicted me. I used to, I used to tell people, I'd say things like, I want you to say, God is greater than my depression. I used to say that. You probably heard me say it. And the Lord convicted me, and I could hear him say, Stop calling it my depression. Stop claiming it. Okay. God is greater than depression. Because it's not mine. And it's not yours. God is greater than cancer. It's not mine. And it's not yours. No, I want no part of it in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. You hear what I'm telling you? I'm naming this experience. I call it healing. I call it a miracle. I call it being brought out. In the name of Jesus. Oh, listen. The devil has got a pen ready. He wants to sign the certificate of whatever you're going through. He can't wait. Come on, marriage, married couples. He's got D-I-V-O-R already written out. He's just waiting for you to agree to the name that you write on that certificate. In the name of Jesus Christ, I call it healed. I call it set free. I call it put back together again. I call it hearts healed and put back together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, hear what I'm saying. He's got pen in hand. And he's got everything written out. He's got all the fine print covered. All you got to do is sign the dotted line and agree with what the enemy has in store for your life. Do you believe you're going to be a failure? No, in Jesus' name. Do you believe you're going to lose your soul? No, in Jesus' name. Do you believe you're going to lose your children? No, in Jesus' name. Do you believe that your marriage is going to end up in divorce? No, in Jesus' name. 
Come on, I need a Jacob, an Israel to rise up in this house and say, I'm tired of the devil pushing my family around. I'm tired of the devil pushing me around in my mind, in my soul, in my spirit. I claim victory. I claim says count it all joy count it all joy everything I've been through joy everything I'm gonna go through joy 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 that's joy yeah that's joy don't you remember crying yourself to sleep at night joy don't you remember wondering if you'd make it through the next day joy I've already decided what I'm gonna name everything in my life you know why because there is one name I said there is one name it doesn't matter what the devil brings to me Yegar say Hadutha what there's one name Jesus 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 over my marriage Jesus over my ministry Jesus over my children Jesus over my finances Jesus over my mind Jesus over my soul Jesus over my spirit Jesus Jesus come on somebody name that experience right now lift up your hands lift up your hearts and say God I'm giving it all to you I'm giving it all to you somebody to come down to the front of this house right now saying that name Jesus come on somebody come down Jesus Jesus come on that's it Jesus Jesus that's it come on that's it there are more Jesus I want you to come on that's it Jesus there you go there you go I love it look at our young people I love it I love it I love seeing young people on fire for God come on somebody else follow suit that's it God bless you Jesus 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 Jesus, 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 the name above every name, the name above every name, Jesus, Jesus, none of the name under heaven, Jesus, I'm going to name my experience, I call this experience Jesus, what I'm going to go through tomorrow, I'm going to name it already, Jesus, what I've got coming down the pike, Jesus, Shut it. 